Welcome to this podcast from Evidence-Based Nursing. This is the first of a series where, where we take one of the commentaries from the journal and talk you through it and issues related to it. And I'm Alison Twycross and I'm the editor of Evidence-Based Nursing and I'd just like Sherry to introduce herself to you. Hi, I'm Sherry Hamby. I'm a research professor of psychology at the University of the South in the United States and I'm also an editor of a journal called Psychology of Violence. Okay, well, thank you, Sherry, for taking the time to discuss the commentary you wrote for evidence-based nursing with me today. Um, one of the questions I had was that the paper we're discussing focuses on victimization among children with disabilities. Um, when I was reading the commentary, I was just wondering how whether you could give me some idea about how many children with disabilities there are worldwide. Absolutely. UNESCO estimates that there are at least 40 million children with disabilities worldwide. So it's a, it's quite a substantial number of, of youth that we're talking about here. It's, that's a huge number. What makes this group of children particularly vulnerable? Perpetrators almost always are looking for targets that have some vulnerability. You, very few crimes of violence involve a weaker perpetrator uh, targeting a stronger victim. So disabilities are important because they represent a chronic condition of vulnerability for many children and I think it's important to understand especially for the findings of this paper that when we think about children with disabilities that probably what immediately comes to many people's minds are physical or cognitive disabilities and those obviously can limit a child's ability to defend themselves from an attacker but it's also important to recognize emotional disabilities are part of this vulnerability as well because problems such as attention deficit or other emotional or psychological problems can make children uh, less aware of some of the, the the social signals around that might that might cue the rest of us that this is a potentially dangerous situation and so they are also at uh, heightened risk for victimization. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of before, so thank you for, for raising it. So how does the rate of victimization among this group of children compare to other groups of children? It's quite a bit higher, as I'm sure most people will not be surprised to learn. So this, the results of this meta-analysis show that children with disabilities are three to four times more likely to experience a wide range of types of violence than other children. So basically this resulted in an average across studies of approximately one in four youth with disabilities experiencing physical abuse and, and even perhaps more surprisingly uh, one in six experiencing sexual victimization. Okay. And I think you've already identified one of the things that the paper kind of tells us about this issue of victimization. Is there anything else that the paper adds to the discussion? I think one of the important findings about this that this paper shows 
was that, uh, going back specifically to the risk of sexual violence, that one of the most surprising findings was that was higher for children with psychological or intellectual disabilities compared with children with physical disabilities. So it, it goes back to making sure that you really understand you know, the, the full spectrum of disabilities that, that creates a form of risk. Uh, the paper also helped to highlight information that we don't know enough about, so they found very few studies, for example, on bullying and peer victimization. Our latest data suggests that things that maybe historically we used to think of as being less serious, such as getting picked on at school, we now know can have just as, as damaging consequences as more traditionally thought of serious forms of victimization. Okay, thank you. And you, you've talked a bit about the fact the paper was a meta-analysis, which relates to my question about how the authors of the original paper came to these conclusions. Is there anything you wanted to say to the, the listeners about what a meta-analysis is? Yes. So the advantage of meta-analysis is that it allows us to synthesize all of the results across all of the studies that have ever been done on a particular topic. So in, instead of just perhaps saying, well, that may just have been the results from one study or one particular sample, it allows you to produce much more stable and reliable and precise estimates. So this paper offers an important contribution by Jones et al. in showing really that this is not just something unique about one particular study or one particular population, but is really found across all children with disabilities worldwide. Okay, so what do you think are the implications for practice of the findings of the meta-analysis? One of the most important implications for practice is that even in healthcare settings that it's just critically important if you're trying to work on improving the health and well-being of children that you also address victimization. One of the main messages that I'm trying to get out in the field is that you know our healthcare systems and our social services systems are very complex and I think sometimes we have unrealistic expectations on children or even on their parents to understand how our healthcare system works and how to get help or when we're supposed to go to one agency or another. So I think the main implication of this is that given these much greater risk is that all health providers who are interacting with children with disabilities really ought to take the initiative of assessing and reaching out about the topic of victimization. We have a recommended question in our research team, that just a very simple question of have you ever been hurt by someone in the last year or do you ever feel scared or unsafe at home, school, or in your neighborhood, which just also goes back to kind of making sure that you're touching bases across all of the different domains that, that most children spend a lot of time in uh, and giving them the opportunity to, to raise those issues. Now that seems a really a really comprehensive and, and useful question for people to use. You've touched already on some of the areas that the analysis found there wasn't enough research in already, but can you spell out some of the areas where we really need research 
Yes, we need to be much more comprehensive in terms of our assessment across types of victimization. One of the limitations of the research that was noted by the authors of, of this study is that there were far more studies on abuse in the home than there were in other types of victimization experience. But we know from uh, from some of the research that my colleagues and I have conducted, for example, in the National Survey of Children's Exposure to Violence here in the States, that they are really at elevated risk for a wide range, children with disabilities, of, of, of different types of victimization. The other problem that an overly siloed approach of just always focusing on one particular form of violence at a time is that it misses the big picture and it misses the fact that these children are probably getting victimized in, in multiple settings and by multiple perpetrators in many cases. And so we're not really identifying the true burden of victimization on this population unless we assess comprehensively across lots of different types of violence, including peer violence, conventional crime, as well as family violence. And then on the other end of the spectrum, another gap that was noted by these authors is that we still need to be more systematic about looking at what types of victimization are particularly associated with what types of disabilities so that we can get a more fine-grained understanding of what kinds of children are with what kinds of disabilities are at particular risk for and target our efforts where at the places where they're likely to be most vulnerable. We have a, a concept uh, related to this called polyvictimization, which really does try to draw attention to the interconnections across different types of victimization. Uh, disability is a good example of that because it, it shows that that the risk of victimization really isn't necessarily about what particular type of violence, but it tends to be more often the case that there are these these chronic underlying vulnerabilities that put you at increased risk for, for several different types of victimization. Okay, so my last question is, if listeners take away one thing from this podcast, what do you think it should be? I would love it if people would be more conscientious about reaching out to vulnerable children and asking about their safety at every clinical contact that a child has with a healthcare professional. That's a really good take-home message, so thank you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed the opportunity to, to talk about these issues. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.